How are the leaders at all levels of management tackling the toughest challenges each day? That's the question. And this podcast is the answer. I'm Rob Fonte, and I'm bringing on the brightest minds in management to share practical solutions to those challenges you're facing. Let's get ready to jam. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Leadership Jam Session. Today's episode is going to focus on the classic scenario of how do I, as a manager, pass down direction given to me by my manager that I don't agree with. Now, I'm sure we've all been there before. It's a tough scenario to handle. So to help me tackle this scenario, I sat down with three seasoned leaders, Sherry Tottenhagen, Mike Sable, and Brian Reardon. So take a listen to the discussion, and I'll come back on at the end to summarize a few key takeaways for you. All right, so here's a scenario. How do you handle getting direction passed down from your boss that, that you don't necessarily agree with, and yet you have to turn around and communicate that to your team? I know we've, we've all been through that. I'm sure each of you have countless stories you can share, but how do you handle that? That's a tough scenario. Absolutely, Rob. So I think there's two dimensions to it, right? So I think there's the when the decision's made and what happens hopefully before the decision is made. So let's focus on the, the base element of if the decision is made, I've always been taught and believe as a manager, you're representing the company. So you need to be aligned to the company's position and you need to own that decision as if it's your own and you present it to your team that way. I think to look at that decision and say, oh, this is what's coming down from above. I think you're undermining yourself as a leader as well as the, the leadership above you. I totally agree with Mike. You have to sort of step back and take a more global perspective. So I might not agree with the decision, but it's up to me to make it my own, as Mike said, and then pass it down to the team. And so at first for me, with my experience, it was taking a step back, trying to just sort of own what was going on, taking a bigger perspective, and then figuring out how I'm going to get that mass message to my team in a positive way, because you do not want to undermine the organization. Although I do believe you have to be super honest with your team. They're going to know if they know you, they will know if you don't agree with it. Right. So I think you really have to own that and figure out a way that is best for your team. And I, and I, I agree wholeheartedly with, with Mike and, and Sherry. And one of the things that Sherry mentioned was having that global mindset. And I think that's so critical because it's important that we spend a minute in our manager's shoes. One of my old mentors told me that we need to think and act one level up. And so it's constantly stretching yourself to say, okay, what's important to our manager and what's going on in their world? Because we, not, we may not know about what's coming down from above to them. Mm -hmm. uh, we may not know about company direction. And so I think that the first thing that I always do when I get direction that I may disagree with from my manager is ask why, like help me understand uh, where is this coming from? Is it coming from you? And if so, I can get behind that. But if it's coming from somewhere else in the organization, that will help me connect the dots and, and put the pieces together uh, so that I can matriculate on it and think about how I can bring this to life for my own team. Because there are times in the organization where decisions are made that we don't agree with. And it's what the train has left the station. This is the direction that we're going, either get on or, or get off. 
And so you need to find a way to, to share Mike's point, like how can we make it our own so that we can help the organization achieve its objectives? But first thing I always do is have a really authentic, honest conversation, direct conversation with my manager where I get a better understanding of why, why they're asking me to do what they're asking me to do. Yeah, it is really a tough scenario, right? Because particularly if you're the first line leader, you're kind of in the middle, right? You're pulled from two different directions, right? And Jerry, as you pointed out, you want to make sure you're authentic because your team will figure that out if you don't believe in it. And, you know, Mike, as you said, you, you, you do have to own it, right? Because we, we can't undermine the organization. So it is a hard, it's a balancing act. It really is. Love the uh, approach, Brian, of, you know, asking why, right? Trying to get more details. And I think that is a critical piece because that certainly can help you explain it. Oftentimes when we get, you know, direction passed down, the why behind it is, is usually missing. And that helps at times to try to communicate it. And one thing I try to remember too, is where we all want the organization to succeed, right? So getting to that why and being able to explain that to your team. And then, so we may not have made the decision, but how we react to it, we can control that. And so I think that is really important is to get your team, you know, behind that. Okay, so we're given this directive. How can we make that happen in our way to make it, you know, successful for the organization? So being able to give your team a little bit of control, if you can, on how you accomplish that direction, I think goes a long way. And it shows that you trust your team to do the right thing. Ah, so kind of getting your team a little bit more involved in, in how it's executed and mm -hmm. seeing what flexibility might be there. That's a pretty good idea. Yeah. Mike, you were going to say something? No, yeah, I was going to go back to what Brian said. I think that kind of goes into what I was alluding to earlier in my answer about there's two parts of this, right? And I think yeah. the discussion before the decisions rolled out, when it's able to happen, I think is a really good hallmark of a healthy organization. So, for example, like on my current team, my manager encourages his direct reports to push back before we roll out a decision when it, whenever possible. And I think that enables us to, one, poke holes in the decision. Is there a better approach? But the key is once we align on the decision or he makes a decision, then all us uh, managers or directors then carry it out as if that's the only decision that was ever made. And that way we have a little bit of buy-in. We, we've talked it through, but then the ownership's a lot easier to have because we've vetted the process. All right. So let's talk about that. So is it fair to say that if you don't agree with something, do you all push back on it? I would say when able. The opportunity is not always there, but I think generally we try to have that time to discuss it first. Mm-hmm. I also believe our organization encourages that curiosity and that questioning. So I think as a manager, I mean, as a manager, I feel very safe in asking questions and pushing back a little bit. Now, there may come a time where, you know, conversation's over and we need to move forward. And, and so as a manager, I need to recognize that that here's what we need to do. So how do we do that? I just feel really fortunate that we work in an organization that allows that conversation to happen for the most part. Yeah. All right. So you really have to test the waters, right? And, and, and understand the environment you're operating in to see to what degree can you push back? I think it was an important thing in here that, that you're all speaking to. It also depends on where the decision is coming from, right? So if it's coming from your manager, you might have a lot more flexibility to push back, right? And Mike, I think you gave the example, your boss expects yep. that, right? If it's coming up even from higher up and there may be no control, 
I mean, that's also something you have to factor in that there's probably not much pushing back I can do here. So I think that has to be factored in to the equation. And I think it also goes back to, in terms of pushing back, Rob, what's that trust level that you've built with your own manager? Um, it's my belief that communication leads to knowledge and knowledge leads to trust and, and trust leads to respect. It all stems from communication. If you're having, you know, weekly touch points where you're going over your people and your business and you're having very frank, genuine, authentic conversations where you feel like your bucket's being filled, you're being updated on key strategic business imperatives, that your feedback is being sought, like you're naturally going to have a really strong foundational relationship with your manager so that yeah. you have earned the right to push back. Is this negotiable? Is this something that we absolutely have to do? Or are you going to be open-minded to some other solutions and ideas? And if you are, great. If you're not, that's fine. But that's going to be helpful for me to know before I cascade this information to my team. So I think it all comes back to filling that bucket and really investing in the relationship for when these hard decisions have to be made and then communicated downward. Yeah, and I think for new managers, it's especially hard, right? They don't... Yeah understand that they don't realize that you know that it's okay to push back right i've seen too many times where they just take the information and just turn around and and deliver it without ever even thinking through a lot of these things that we're talking about and then over time they realize that oh, it's okay to push back yeah i think that's as a new manager when when i was a new manager and something like this happened it was so helpful to have a mentor because it was, I just had an instance where we had a direction, we had some pushback, but we had to, you know, do exactly what we were told, sort of the marching orders. And it was so helpful to me to have a mentor to go to and say, okay, what is the best way to do this? Or how can I make this better for my team? And so that really comes in handy when you're in that position and you're new in your management role. You bring up another good point too, that sometimes strength in numbers too, reaching out to your peers may move the conversation forward into maybe influencing a different or altering the direction that's coming down. So for example, I remember, you just reminded me of this, when I uh, had managers reporting it to me, I gave some direction and I was pretty steadfast on it. I'm like, nope, we're not going to do this. And one manager came to me and tried to convince me uh, to take a different approach. I'm like, nope, I know best because I have all this great wisdom and experience. And then another manager, one of my other managers that reported to me came to me with the same request. So I realized they were all kind of working this together and then finally convinced me that I was like, you know what? I probably am wrong on this. And in fact, I was. And it was because, you know, strength in numbers, they kind of came together with the same message and brought it to me. So that's one way, you know, using a mentor or whatever the case may be. Clearly, I did not have all the wisdom that I thought I did. So, yeah. I say, where, where do you draw the line on that between good pushback versus, you know, mutiny? Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well, that is uh, that's a fine line, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, no, but going back to what what Sherry was saying, I think the other key thing is where I've seen good managers do this, and I try to do this with my team also is. I set, set that expectation up front that this is an expectation of you is I want you to push back or at least ask why and I'll do my best to explain it to you. Likewise, when I'm speaking to my manager, I always bring not only my perspective, but the perspective from the team to give that a thought. And as you said earlier, Rob, if it's a decision that he or she is making, that might be able to sway it or at least I'll get the understanding of, well, this came from on higher. So it's kind of at the point where we just need to kind of line up behind it. 
And you know what? Somebody said this before, I, don't, I forget who it was, that typically when you have to think about positive intent, usually when the company is sending down direction, you know, it's coming up above, there, there is a why behind it. And typically it's, it's because they're trying to make some type of change or, or to move the organization forward, whatever the case may be. And so it's, it's trying to serve it up and help our employees see that here's the reason why it goes back to the why. Why are we doing this? But I do want to go back to what we were talking about before. Uh, and Sherry, you kind of brought this up that your your team, they will figure it out if you don't agree with it, right? So how do you handle that? Do you just come out and say, all right, here's some direction. I don't agree with it, but I mean, where do you go? How far do you take that? I'm just curious. Well, I think you have to be honest because your team will see right through that. And so if you do not agree, I'm in the camp that you need to be honest and say, you know what, I may not agree with this, but this is our company's direction. And so let's figure out how we can accomplish this goal and execute it and stand behind it. And that's where I think that giving them, if you can, giving them that control of the how you do that direction is extremely helpful. So getting their buy-in on how to execute the direction. They will know. They will know if you don't get it and, and you do not agree with it. And there may be times, another thing, I learned this from my mentor, another thing that she told me to say is, you know, like, this is all I can tell you right now, sort of, because sometimes they get a little upset. They're like, why didn't you tell me before? Or why can't you tell me more? And maybe you've been given direction by those above you, like, look, this is all you can say right now. And I think being upfront about that and saying, you know what, this is all I can tell you right now. Let's figure out how to move forward. I think that goes a long way. So I'm of the camp, be upfront, be transparent, but there comes a point in time where you have to move forward. So let's do it. I would just say, I, I agree with that, Sherry, Rob, 100% on that. Yeah, I've I've been in situations in my career where you, you tow the company line and this is, uh, this is what I believe in and we need to do it. And to Sherry's point, they see through it. And so I've since taken the stance of just being honest. When I may not agree with uh, where the direction is, you have to do first assume positive intent and then turn it over. And it really becomes an art of facilitation exercise where through the art of questioning. Okay, so this is the direction that we're going in. How can we make it our own? You know, what's our goal? What's our current reality? What options do we have? What will we do? What's our way forward? If they can feel empowered to come up with the solution, they're more apt to implement it and pull it through. And I've seen that time and time again. And so the company direction may still be the same, but how we enact and pull through that direction, there's still things that, that we can do on our end to make it our own. I'd probably take a slightly different approach, but I think the end result's the same. Because I also have that contract up front with my team to let them know that, listen, it's obvious that not every decision is coming from me. And I just want to know, I feel my obligation as a manager is to represent all decisions as my own. You can probably read between the lines. I'm not going to tell you when it's mine or when I disagree with it. I, I think common sense applies, but um, you know, at the end of the day, we're not going to change a decision if it's been made and it's expected of us. So we, we will just have to find a way to get behind it. So I think that's where we're, we're definitely aligned on that. But I tend not to show my cards too much with respect to whether it's, 
I feel fully am behind it or if I just am kind of the, the keeper of the, of the direction. Mike's playing some Jedi mind tricks, but even in how you served that up, I clearly understood that you probably didn't agree with it. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know, they can infer it. It's interesting though, because right now, two thirds of my team have previously been managers in one shape or form, whether in our industry or another. So it, it makes that conversation a lot easier because they get it. They know, um, you know sometimes that burden of management is that you are going to have to carry out directions that you may not be fully behind, but the big picture is important. And, and so I don't usually get too much pushback. Yeah. Well, I think as you progress as a manager in with within a team, you gain more trust, as Brian said. So yeah, then sure. your team understands much better that, you know what, these decisions may not be Sherry's, but we need to get behind it. And, and it becomes much easier, you know, cause they, they know that you have their back. They know that you have their interest in mind. They know that you're going to protect them as much as possible. And I think that goes extremely far with your team when you have that trust with them. Yeah. Because I'm sure we've all been in the scenario and, and, and Brian, I think you were talking about this. When you report into a leader that is just giving you the corporate line and everyone else is aligned that, yeah, this is not a great idea, but your manager isn't even willing to acknowledge that or even hint to that, you lose all credibility and it does impact the trust. So I think, you know, all the techniques that you're talking about is the right way to approach it while still supporting the company. You're not undermining the company. You're just acknowledging here's where we're at, but it's all about how do we as a team move forward. I'm curious, have any of you actually just completely ignored the direction that came down, maybe deleted the email, like, oops, forgot about, never saw that email. <laughs> no, but- you know, I, like I, dying laughing. <laughs> it's yeah, important to admit to on a podcast. <laughs> right, this is, this is being recorded, right? Uh, I'm sure at a previous company, right? Let's have yeah. a previous company you're at. Mike? No, I was going to say no, but I think, you know, the, the probably the curveball or caveat is if I've ever received, and fortunately it's never happened to me, but if I ever received, you know, direction that I either thought was, you know, illegal or unethical, I would probably have to take pause and, and that would be a harder one to, to decide of, you know, what's more important here is the decision in my role as a manager or what's legal or ethical to me and may have to stand on my principles, but that also, you know, comes with consequences as well. And sure. that's something for each person at the way. In our industry too, it's com compliance as well. So much is, is this compliant for us to do? And I've never been asked to do something that wasn't compliant, but I agree with Mike. If there was some direction that came down that was just not, you know, that just went against everything in my core, I would have to say no, no thank you. Yeah, I, I would tend to agree. I think it has to, if, if it kind of crosses that line, right? From more of an ethical or personal principles. And at that point, you probably wouldn't want to be working for that organization anyway. Correct. I would also say, Rob, that one of the things that's important to consider along the lines of communicating something that you don't agree with to your employees is this ultimately bubbles up to employee engagement, which is a huge driver of the company's culture. It can lead to 
when not done well, retention issues. And so I think that's important to keep in mind too. It's, yes, it's understanding the why and making sure that they're feeling part of the, the solution, but they also want to still be stretched in their role. They still want to be recognized for their contributions, that they work in a safe environment, that they're growing professionally from a career perspective. And so I think that's something that is important to mention that when these key decisions are made, like how do you not lose that sense of employee engagement individually on your team Mm -hmm. and also collectively as a group from a culture perspective? You know what, you bring up a good point. If you know that maybe, you know, direction that's coming down might impact one or or two employees on a team more than others, would you maybe pull them aside first and have that discussion? I mean, that's a possibility, yeah. Either pull them aside first or, you know, follow up with them afterwards just to continue to check in, make sure they're, they either understand or at least have the understanding that they need. I would absolutely do that is, you know, reach out to that person first and then try to get their buy-in. I think that's twofold. Number one, you're, you're giving attention to someone you think might, you know, maybe go sideways with the decision. You're also gaining a advocate if you can convince them and get them to come around to agree with the moving forward with this direction. Now, when you present it to the greater team, you have an advocate on your side. So you have someone who's going to be positive in it on a team call potentially. So I think it works two ways with that, which I think is extremely helpful. And then frequent touch points. I think that helps as well. Just really after this decision has come through and you're starting to execute on it, I think it's important to individually reach out to your team and just, hey, how's it going? Or what's working, what's not working? And try to just continue that frequent touch point for a while. Yeah, I think this gets into like, you really have to know your team well. And do you have the one that you know is going to derail your call or your meeting when you roll it out? And and so maybe you do need to get to them first, um, or maybe even leverage a couple people on your team to bounce it off of them to help you figure out what is the best way to roll this out or, or talk through it. Sometimes when I know that this isn't going to go well, I might drop some seeds along the way. I might kind of like let the team, you know, just kind of drop little hints. Hey, you know, I've heard this, not sure if this is really going to happen, but you know, this could be something that we might see down the road. Nothing that we need to talk about now, but sometimes it's not as big as a shock when you can do that type of scenario. It's all the different levels of change with forming and storming and norming and performing a journey. Um, It's so true. It's almost like we need a communication plan for going through change management with some of these difficult decisions. And we had a situation a year ago where we were gonna be bringing in a major change to the organization. And I think we've all been in places in our career where we've been in a meeting from stage and a bomb is dropped with some big decision and people need time to get their head wrapped around it. And so a year ago uh, before this big change, we actually had a sales manager development session for four hours on how do you lead your teams through change? And then you start to sprinkle in from a communication standpoint, change is coming. And then you're, you're revealing it little by little. So people have a, have a chance to, I guess, digest it um, over time rather than doing it in one felt swoop. So I think there's a lot of different ways to handle it, but thinking through like a, a very robust communication plan 
uh, before the change, during the change, and after the change, I think uh, is really important as well. Brian, that's a good point because I think you know communication is key, and especially if it's going to be news that may not be received well or yeah. it's bad news, I think you, you can't over communicate, especially the whys or maybe the, some of the rationales. Because I think that helps you know soften that blow. And so I think your your example is a great approach where you kind of to, to Ross, you, you planted the seeds, you prepared the managers so that way they had a solid communication plan as they rolled it out to hopefully help you know soften it as well as you know gain some acceptance of the of the news. And sometimes I've taken the approach too of just saying, all right, because sometimes you don't have the time to do that. Sometimes you just have, it comes down and you've got to turn around. And sometimes I've just taken the approach, all right, here it is. Let's just get it all out on a table. We'll spend a little time. You can get it out of your system, but moving forward, then this is how we're going to approach it. So here's your time, but just know moving forward, we'll move forward together. I think that's important to give people time to vent, you know, just to just to say, look, let's just get it all out. And this is a safe space. Say what you got to say. And just as a manager, sit back and listen. Don't try to interject. Don't try to change their mind. Just let them vent and then say, OK, time's up. <laughs> it's time to move on. Exactly. Yep. Let's pour your favorite drink. Let's just kind of just talk through it. A little bit of a group therapy session and then we'll move forward. All right. So let's provide you with a few key takeaways based on what we just discussed. And the first one, most important one is it's okay to push back. If you're getting direction from your manager that you may not agree with, it's okay to push back. Now you have to test the waters with that and understand the environment you're operating in, but it's okay to push back. Now there are other scenarios where you can't. That direction might be coming down from much higher up in the organization and there's not much you can do with it. I think the key takeaway that we also talked about, which is also important, is you do have to assume positive intent and in what the company is trying to accomplish. So it is all about how you serve it up. And Mike talked about the importance of remembering you do represent the organization and you do need to get aligned with it as well. Now, you do want to be upfront and transparent because your teams are going to sniff that out. The way to approach this is, and I love what Sherry talked about, which is making sure that you try to give your team some ownership of how you're going to move forward. Let them, get them involved in terms of now that we have this direction, how are we as a team, how are we going to implement it and move forward? That will go a long way. And the last key takeaway that I think was really important was uh, Brian talked about the importance of putting together a robust communication plan. 100% agree with that. You really do need to invest the time to think through it, how you're going to approach it. And, and even what Sherry talked about, that may include reaching out to a mentor, another peer to see how they might approach it just to get their perspective or even using members of your own team to help you with that. Maybe to even serve as advocates to help you move the team forward with that. So again, just want to thank Mike, Sherry, and Brian for coming on and jamming with me. And I'll see you next time on the Leadership Jam Session. Thanks so much for listening today. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to share it with a friend or colleague who you think might also get some value from it. I'm Rob Fonte, and I'll see you on the next episode of the Leadership Jam Session Podcast. 